All right, welcome back to another episode of the Robin Ambassadors. I'm your host, Greg, from at Greg Lord Outdoors, and here for another tourney recap. And uh, tourney recap, I don't know why I said it so weird there. Uh, we have one usual suspect tonight. Um, Ryan is on, uh, but Ben, unfortunately, he actually just messaged me. He is not going to be able to make it on tonight. He has to get the uh, kiddos' uh, bath and in the bed. So um how's it going tonight there ryan great man just got home from fishing i saw that did a little uh did a little recon for the the championship of the champions two-day event we have coming up i was really up there just trying to find a place to sleep in the bed of my truck (laughs) i can appreciate that uh and also joining us tonight we have the lake uh trail champion Mr. Chad Claypool, what's going on tonight, buddy? Not too much. How you doing, Greg? Good. So it's kind of funny because Chad, like, constantly at every post-event was like, I'm just not going to win because I don't have to come on that damn podcast of yours and everything. And then he goes and uh, wins an event, and needless to say, he's here tonight. So The champ. Yeah. Um. So... We are going to do, hopefully, recap of both uh, trail championships. I'm just waiting to hear back from Matt. Um, but, yeah, Chad took the win up at the Reservoir, um, which was this past Saturday. It was a it was an interesting event. That's the first time uh, I fished up there. But uh, we're going to get into all that. But before we do, Chad is a first-time guest, and he gets the uh, the icebreaker question. And that is, why do you suck at fishing? Because I try to overthink everything I do. Um, One of the great friends of mine years ago told me, do what you know. And every time I go to a new body of water, I I try to do something different. You know, you you watch all these videos, you watch everything you do, your uh, research and everything. Oh, I got to be throwing this. Well, it's something I don't throw. Do what you know. And that's what kills me when I go to a new body of water. I try to get fancy and get in, get out of my comfort zone. And that's what causes me to bomb or suck in a tournament today. So uh, it's interesting that you say that because in doing prep for the reservoir event, I was like, okay. Same as you, same as what we were talking about before we got on here and doing the research, finding out and learning about it. Like you said, there's no thermocline there. There's constantly moving water because of the draw that they take. So there's really not much for structure. If you find structure, I, I, the stuff I read and listened to was basically, if you find structure, you're going to find fish. And um, I went up and pre-fished on Friday as well. Uh, and it was something where... I was like, okay, smallmouth, I'm going to find them suspended. So what catches suspended smallmouth? The same thing that every goddamn tournament winner this year on the MLF and the Elite Series and stuff, Demikis. Everyone is fishing Demiki rigs and doing well with it. And it's something I have not fished before. And I was like, I'm going to buy some stuff. I'm going to fish a Demiki. I'm going to catch some fish on it because it's suspended smallmouth. And I caught one uh on friday with it and then on saturday i i couldn't get a fish i i mean you and i've talked again like i i run live scope 
I was running live scope up there. I was seeing groups of fish that I felt pretty confident were probably little packs of smallmouth. Um, and, uh, especially because I was finding them around balls of bait fish and everything. And I was throwing that Demiki in and I don't know how many times I watch fish come from like 10 feet away, come up and just freeze right in front of it. And I'm just like twitching, like, okay, come on, come on. And then they just swim away. And it's like, son of a bitch. Like, what am I not doing to get these fish on change heads, change colors and all that stuff. And I just still could not get a damn bite with it. Mine was the drop shot. Same same uh, information you had. Find structure. Throw a drop shot. I'm not a drop shot fisherman, but yet I had one tied on. Scouted Friday. I caught four fish Friday. Three of them would have measured, but they were under 10 inches. Yeah. And uh, I, I took it out with me Saturday. I, I might have thrown a drop shot for 20 minutes that day, but it's it's out of my comfort zone. It says something that, you know, when they're suspended, throw a drop shot, like you said with the Demiki. I got out of my comfort zone and it just it did it didn't work for me. I'm not good enough with it, or maybe it's my wrong the wrong presentation, the wrong bait. I don't know, but fish what you know. Stay in your comfort zone for these tournaments. If you know how to catch fish a certain way, do it. Yeah, it was well. What's kind of crazy about that is so I got up there on Friday at like I probably launched around 11, like between 11 and 11 30. So in the morning, in I don't know what it was like where you were, but like I thought I was going to get run over by a boat because I mean, I had my lights on, I had my my interior lights that I have like four LEDs, like two in the front of my seat, two in the back of my seat. I had all my shit on and like I heard a boat and I'm looking, I'm looking like where the hell is their light? And all of a sudden it's like right there in front of me. And I'm like, I hope they can fucking see me. Like I run LEDs and stuff. So my stuff's bright, but um, yeah, in all that fog and first thing in the morning, I fished out of uh, Willow Bay and from the launch there, the whole way up, like the right shoreline, if you turn right from the launch, is a lot of like boulder and kind of some quick drop off. So I was like, I mean, I was just basically casting a choppo into the a sea of abyss of the fog that was there and hoping it landed in the water and didn't land on rocks on the shoreline. But um, that's, I tried that first thing and then I wasn't having any luck with that. And then I found in some like little cuts uh in those areas i found these clumps of grass and i was like well that's for me that it, like i fish chatterbaits around that stuff as much as i can because i know fish hold in there and just you know try to hit both outside edges bring it in through the middle of it run it up alongside it however i have to fish it and uh my first fish of the day was a pike um and then uh i caught my couple smallmouth but that's i caught fish on the chatterbait and that was it. I mean, I only caught the two smallmouth, which we'll talk about that in a little bit here too. But other than that, it was uh, it was chatterbait for me all day. Was catching fish until mid afternoon uh, or late morning into the early afternoon uh, noon. I started trying to throw the Demiki at suspended fish, and just did not have any luck with it at all. Did you ever go back to the chatterbait for those? Uh, you know what? I didn't because they were in like. I mean, I was trying to throw Demikis at them in 25 feet of water. So okay. I was like, I can't, you know, drop a three eighths ounce chatterbait and sit there for 30 seconds while it falls to the bottom. 
Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was different. That's, you know, Ryan talked about it as well, that he didn't fish it just because it's a reservoir. So it's a, you know, there's no structure and, you know, not normal structure like we're used to with all of our other lakes. Um, it was challenging. I mean, you know, you, like you said, you didn't do well the first day. And I saw in your post, you said you went right back to the same area on the tournament day. Yeah. I just figured that, uh, maybe, maybe they just weren't eating that day. I knew they were there. They had to be there. I mean, it's a beautiful lake. Um, it's down They're They're doing the drawdown for the winter pool. Uh, there, most of the structure in the area I was, was out of the water. It's so low. You know, guys told me to look for, um, they'll submerge groups of Christmas trees. I yep. found them. They were out of the water. Big boulders. I found them. They were out of the water already. Same with the cribs. Um, most of the vegetation where I was, was dead. There was still some bait fish in there, but yeah, Ryan says he doesn't fish with the, uh, any electronics. I mean, it, at some point you have to get that on your uh, kayak, whether it's for mapping or just, you know, changes in the bottom or anything like that. You don't have to have side imaging, down imaging, the live scope. And of course it all helps, but you have to be able to see a map of that lake and, that's what kind of helped me prep Friday's pre-fish for Saturday's tournament was using my electronics, finding these flats, because normally these flats are 15 or 20 foot deep. Well, yeah. now they're six to eight foot flats. And that's kind of what I like. That's a deep lake. When I, when I went across the lake and I'm registering 70 feet in the, in the channel, yep. and I know there's deeper areas. It, that's way out of my comfort zone. I don't fish deep like that. You know, I don't go out into Erie. I don't go out to Raystown and stuff like that where you got hundred foot of water. But I know, like you said, you were fishing 25 feet of water and you could see them. I, I wouldn't even slow down in that area because it's just, it's out of my comfort zone to fish like that at this time. Yeah. I typically would not fish something like that either, but because of the fact that I was trying to look for suspended fish and find those packs of them, um, and I did, I just, I couldn't get anything to commit. I mean, like I said, I, I have my live scope. I ran it pretty much as soon as I got out of the, the shallow area, uh, in the morning. Cause I fished back in the backside of that bay for probably up until about 11 o'clock that morning. I mean, I beat the hell out of that grass. I think I probably caught every pike that was in there. Um, but, uh, once I got back out into the deeper water, um, you know, I started trying to throw the Demiki. I had a drop shot tied on as well. Um, I was still throwing that around some of the grass and everything I was finding because it was in that, you know, six to 10, 12 feet of water. So I feel really good about fishing in that, especially around grass and everything. I mean, one of my favorite lakes is KPD and that's all I fish out there is basically a drop shot in the grass. Um, but it, it just, I mean, it was not a good day for me. Like I, I had a post on my Instagram that said, if it was a day of fun fishing, it would have been a great day because I caught a couple small mouth. I got into some good pike. I mean, not anything major. I mean, I think my biggest pike I caught was probably, you know, 22 inches or something like that. Um, the one absolutely fucking wrecked the hell out of my jackhammer. Um, but they do uh, that. <laughs> Yeah, every other one I caught was fine. And then I think it was the last one I caught. 
um, I was back in another little like cove area and I had something big come and surface and swipe at something. And I was like, you know what? I'm not catching smallmouth. I grabbed that choppo. I throw a 125 choppo. And I was like, if I can get a pike or a muskie slamming a choppo on top water on my GoPro, I don't fucking care how I do in this tournament. That would be just sweet as hell to get that on video. Um, and it didn't end up working, but it was the same thing. I threw that, that chatterbait into some grass. It paused because it caught grass. As soon as I popped it and started going again, just torpedo comes and grabs it. And I get that one at that point. I wasn't even netting those fish. I was literally just bringing them to the side of the boat, grabbing the lure, like grabbing my chatterbait and just shaking as hard as I could until it popped out of their mouth. I think the one I actually caught, it wasn't even hooked it. I run a, uh, a 10,000 fish Yoda worm as a trailer on that. And I honestly think it just bit into the plastic hard enough. And I got it into the boat fast enough that it never even got off. I think I honestly just had it hooked on the plastic and that was it. But um, those fish fish think so bad. I try to never put one of those in my boat. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just started like shaking them off at the side of the boat. But uh, you know, you how many fish did you end up actually catching or was pretty much your, your bag, your fish you caught? I had eight fish. Um, my goal in the morning, the reason I went back to the same place, cause I, there were some small fish there. My goal was to qualify for the championship of champions, the two day event. There was 19 anglers there on Saturday, some good anglers and some good anglers come in with very little to no fish, which, which shocked me. But my goal was work the shorelines, do what I know. Most of it uh, in the morning, I had a limit by 1030, nothing over 13 inches. All on a wacky worm, just literally coming up the shoreline. Again, another foggy morning, just like you. You could hear these boats running and you're just like, oh, please don't hit me. (laughs) Yeah. But after I got that limit off of the, I was actually up, um, one of the fingers off the lake, but inside that finger, there was little coves. Uh, I'm sure you had that up your way as well. Yep. I stayed in the main finger and just worked a rocky shoreline. Like I said, got five fish, nothing over 13 by 1030. And then I decided to start. And I threw that rocky one there and all of a sudden I just felt pressure on my line so set the hook 18 and a quarter and that's when i first called and then the uh the wind started picking up and i mean it got pretty choppy up there it was hard to maneuver maneuver stick in one place or anything like that so i decided to go out on a flat just tried jerk nothing was eating that with that wind and everything i figured it was perfect for a jerk bait well Nobody was eating that. So I put a uh, whopper plopper out there and that's when I got the 19 and a quarter, called that one out, stuck out there on that flat for a little while and then went up some more. There was another cove, went up in there with a whopper plopper and uh, landed a 14. So that was pretty much my whole day. I had a couple others that, uh, you know, smaller ones that they're not going to call out or anything like that. But for the most part, I probably caught 10 fish that day. It wasn't a stellar day. I mean, I didn't catch 30 fish and pick my best five. 
Yeah. I'm looking at your 19 and a quarter now, and it's absolutely gorgeous. That's a yeah. beautiful small. Yeah, knife. it was the it was all striped up and everything. Yeah, that fish yeah. was very really pretty. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I so the the one thing about being up there was there's no service. Like I had zero service on the water where I was at. And I was texting Ben, uh, I think, actually, I was just bullshitting with him on Friday after I got off the water. Um, I stayed in Bradford. Uh, I grabbed a hotel there and I was talking to him whenever I was on my way to grab some dinner and we were just talking about stuff and he was telling me like what was going on for the next day, where the meetup was going to be and, um, you know, just saying about like, Hey, do we have extra time for submitting fish? Because it, like it took me 15 minutes to get away from the lake before I even had a bar. Um, and he was like, yeah, we, you know, he extended it out and everything. So once I got off the water on uh Saturday, like I'm sitting with two fish, 26 and a half inches, I'm like, all right, you know, is what it is. I'm already thinking like, okay, I'm going to just give my PTO back. Like I don't need to take off Saturday and Sunday now. And uh, so I finally get to a spot where I'm going to, where I have service. I sent him a text. I was like, Hey, I was going to take off and head home so I can get home. I haven't seen the kids and everything for like two or three days now with between work because uh, I was on a case for work at Dubois. So I knew that Thursday night that I had to go up there. So I was like, I'm just going to load up all my shit. And then third Friday morning, whenever I get relief, like I'm just going to, I'm halfway to the, the res already. Like I'm just going to take off and go up there. So it worked out really well. Um, but I, I messaged him like, Hey, got my fish submitted and everything. And I was like, yeah, it was a hard day. Like if it was a pike tournament, I probably would have done really well. But, (laughs) um, he was like, well, I mean, at least the good thing is you're sitting in 10th place. And I was like, no fucking way am I sitting in 10th place with 26 and a half inches of fish. Like that's not feasible. And I was like, yeah, but how many people have to submit fish behind me? And he was like, I'm only waiting for Michael, Wright. He's like, I think everyone else is already off the water. And if they had fish, they're submitted. And I was like, what about Brett? I saw that he was up there. He's like, Brett's behind you right now. He only had like 22 inches. And I was like, I almost felt bad where I was like, there, am I going to get into this two day event with two fish on a tournament day? And that's exactly what it was. That's I said, it was, uh, you know, putting into the, uh, the gambling lifestyle and, uh, NFL and college football. Like I totally backdoor covered my way into the, the tournament, uh, for the two day event. I mean, 26 and a half inches should have not got me there, but it did. And I'm not going to complain about it, but yeah, I was just like, Oh, this is a fun day of fishing, whatever, you know, kind of a little bit of waste of money for spending the hotel and all that stuff. And it was just like, all right, I guess I'm going to be doing the two-day event now. Like, let's go. You know, you, you talk about Brent. Okay, that's where I stayed. Brent opened his uh, camp up there in Tynesta to me, and I fish against Brent all the time. Tuesday night boat tournaments, kayak tournaments. The guy can out can flat-out fish. The week before, yes. him and his partner won on Conneaut yep. with Mass- over a 15-pound bag, and Brent caught over a fi- uh, five-pound largemouth. Should have seen this fish. I mean, yeah. It was so, massive. I saw it. Him, yeah. <laughs> him and I launched together over at Elijah. And we I passed him probably around 11, 1130. 
And he's like, how's it going? I said, well, I got a limit. I just put an 18 and a quarter on the board back there. He's like, well, you're doing good. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Because I figured he was going to tell me that, you know, he's got yeah, a I got, limit. I got 84 or something. Right. Yeah. He, he's like, I have two fish. <clears throat> That's it. And I'm, I was shocked. And I told him exactly what I was doing because, well, I mean, we are friends. I know it's a competition, everything like that. But like I said, my goal and I figured with five fish, I would at least qualify for the two dare. So, that, I mean, that was my goal going in, and I accomplished that. I, granted, it worked out a lot better for me, but yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was like I, I want to say it was a hard day of fishing, but like my idea of a hard day of fishing is literally just going out and getting your ass kicked and not even putting a fish in the boat. So, I mean, like I did catch some fish and I was happy about that. Um, but I was, I was surprised cause that's Ben's like, yeah, man, like Phil, Phil didn't catch a fish all day. Some other guys have zeros. And all yeah, of a sudden he was like, dudes. I think, I think we only have, um, like, what do you say? There was only five limits caught for between everyone. Um, so it would just kind of reaffirmed where it was like, okay, maybe my day wasn't as bad as what I thought it was just based off of how everything was going for us. Um, but yeah, I, I was able to sneak into the championship of champions as well. Um, and I can't, how did the, so you were number one. I got uh, it right here. Okay. And how, what was your, what was her total? It was like what? 77. <laughs> Chad got first place, 77 and three quarter, 19 and a quarter big bass. <clears throat> Justin Oliver in second place, he had 71 and three quarters. So Chad won by six inches. Uh, Justin Oliver caught a 19, solid one. He actually caught two nice fish, but everything else was small, which is kind of wild. If Justin would have caught a 14 or a 15, a 15, he would have won. So. Yeah, he had two, a 19, a 17, and three-quarter, and then three 12 and sub-12. Colton Hutchinson, third place. He had That's seven. That's right, yeah, it was Colton. I couldn't think of who was third. Yep, and then I'm just going to ramble off the rest of the top ten because uh, that's who all qualified for the championship of champions. So Chad Claypool, Justin Oliver, Colton Hutchinson, Jeff Lay, Joe Bakew, Tyler Rupert, Dane Lay, Frank Yamada, Joe Patterson, and Greg Moorhead. Um, yeah, Chad, I, I ended up getting that same mentality where I I wasn't going up there with the thought of winning. Like it was honestly just going up with the thought of let me just get some fish. Hopefully I have enough that it gets me into the two-day, and then we'll see what happens from there. Um, but it was I didn't really know, um, you know, whenever finding out that we were going to fish up there, um, even way before I knew that I quali like that I wasn't gonna be able to go up there and fish. Um, I had done some research on YouTube and like just reading some things of like, what would be, you know, what it's like fishing up there and the, the two events that we had for the, the series championships were both on very intimidating bodies of water in their own way. Yes. Um, which was, you know, as an angler, you're kind of like, 
man, I wish I was a little bit more in my comfort zone with this. Like, I wish I had some grass flats I could go hit. And like, I wish there were, you know, some, some laydowns everywhere that I could go and flip and like do that sort of stuff. But on the other end of it, it was like, okay, I research how to fish a Demiki because it seemed like it was going to be something that was going to be, you know, useful to me. You looked at doing a drop shot, something you're not comfortable with. So it was kind of the good and the bad of like being out of the comfort zone, but also in testing your abilities and, you know, really challenging you to, to do well and maybe get outside of that comfort zone and, you know, try to find some fish and, Unfortunately for you, I, I mean, you didn't catch fish on something that you were uncomfortable with, but you at least tried it. I mean, you know, I I got intel that drop shots were were on fire that week um, up until the event. Like it was something that was working for uh, the guy that did the food for us at the barbecue place. He was talking to Ben and told Ben that he was catching on drop shot out there that week. Um, actually while I was sitting at the bar eating, I heard guys talking about what they were catching fish on where I was like, Hey, can you say that a little louder, please? Can we turn that music down some? Um, but I, I wish I had a video of it. Um, in the morning, whenever I was running the shoreline, I came across massive balls of fish and i don't know if it were if they were all bait fish but i mean i'm talking about my entire screen on my regular like 2d sonar was nothing but rebounds of half moons out there it was like holy shit like what the hell am i getting into i do know that they they fish a lot of walleye up there as well that's what i assumed it probably was walleye yep I just have a, a feeling that the water wasn't cool enough yet for us up there. I mean, of course the fish are there, you know, you saw them at 25 feet of water. I would have liked it had been a little cooler and had them move up for my style of fishing, like a yeah. jerk bait or um, e- even a, a shallow diving crank, crank bait and get them up more on the flats. They're there. You say you love the fish Keystone power dam. Personally to me, uh, Kinzu or the Allegheny reservoir is like Keystone on steroids. Yeah. Yep. Because I completely agree. Pool, pool, those laydowns are there. There's boulders there. There are some grass flats and everything like that. And I just, I would love to go up there and fish it again. I really enjoyed it up there. And I know there's fish. There's big fish in there now. Um, and I've talked to other people. I talked to boaters at the launch when I was pulling out and they all said what a tough day it was. They, that's why they call it the Dead Sea. Well, Keystone gets called that too. If you find, figure out how to fish it, find out where the fish are, you'll find and catch the fish. Yep. It's such a big, I never realized how big the Allegheny Reservoir was until I went up there and really, so that was my first time ever. So yeah, yeah. I would go up again I, though. I think respectively in their own rights for what each championship was, the locations were perfect. Like, for a tournament to be the top 10 qualified to go to the two-day championship, one being a lake, one being a river, I think they were both intimidating and challenging in their own respects. Like for lake anglers, to go to that big of a lake, it'd be a reservoir 
have limited. I mean, it just depends where the 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 level is. Like Chad was saying, I got a couple pictures from Phil. Like a lot of that structure that I'm comfortable fishing was out of the water. Yeah. Yes. And yep. you know, without electronics, I, I'm screwed. If that's if that's up at summer pool, I can see all that under the water with my eyes. Without electronics, when I if I'd have been up there looking around and I'm like, uh, okay. So, I mean, it's neat. I think the locations were perfect for each of them because the Susky, you know, you see a lot of people catch a lot of fish there and there were a lot of fish caught at the championship, but for a river angler, that is the only river I've ever been on that has actually like scared me, intimidated me, like made me work to do well. And the same goes for the reservoir. I know that that wasn't easy for anyone that caught fish. And I think out of all styles of lakes, I think reservoirs can be for a kayaker can be the most challenging place to fish. Yeah. I could see if you had like where I was at, if you were running a, um, a boat, you could easily have went back in where I was knock that out in an hour in the morning and then taken off and went to the next cove and did the exact same thing and taken off and went to the next cove having, you know, I mean, we're not dumb. Like it's plain and simple. Like you have a big ass motor on a boat. Like you can get places everywhere a lot quicker than what we can. You don't have to pull out and relocate and do all that kind of stuff. So you do get limited. And especially in something like that, where it's a massive body of water, it's not easy to be like, Oh, I'm up at Arthur. Okay, I'm going to pull out of the for- the roadbed and I'm going to take off and I'm going to go over to, you know, McDaniel's or I'm going to go to Bear Run or like I'm going to go to these places like you can't do that up there. Um, no. I know Colton, I saw <clears throat> I think on his post on Instagram, he had said that um he actually did make a move. He was fishing main body and then he took off and uh, relocated, like loaded back up and relocated and found, uh, like a Creek channel or something and went up in there and fished. So, um, I mean, you can make moves. It's just, it's a lot of sacrificing time to do it. That's why I'm always so impressed. Yeah. I'm so impressed by anyone that does that on lakes and everything. And I've noticed, and I've said it like way at the beginning of the season, it, it really does blow my mind that that many people will actually come back in, load all their shit up and take off and go again. I mean, I run a big ass kayak. Like I, I have my AP 120. It's a monster of a kayak. I like it for the reason of everything that I'm able to do on it whenever it comes to being on a lake. But to think of, okay, I'm going to pull this thing back up on my truck, take all my shit out of it and go and drive around for 30 minutes to go and launch another area. Like that's not feasible for me. Like right, I can't, I can't day, do that. You're kill an hour and a half yeah. trying to jump spots, and like you said, it's huge. I know the finger I went down. It took me twenty minutes to get down the road just to get to my launch because it was right in the middle of that finger. I probably went a couple miles each day with my trolling motor, and I never saw the either end of it. So it's yeah. a big, big area out there. Yeah, it was. It was fun. Like you said, Chad, I, it was, it was very pretty. 
Like that drive coming back home, um, going through the Allegheny National Forest and everything is absolutely gorgeous up there. Um, there's a really good uh, brewery that's right outside of uh, Shippenville, um, Lost in the Woods. I made a little pit stop there on the way home. Um, I was making good time home. And my wife and I stopped there a couple of years ago on our way back from the Finger Lakes. And I was like, I think that place is coming up. And I was like, well, I was trying to surprise my family to get home because they didn't think I was going to be home until like eight or nine o'clock at night. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get out of here. And like, I'm going to get back home and help the kids get in bed, extra brownie points from the wife, you know, the deal. And, um, uh, I was like, oh, that brewery's right there. I'm just going to stop in for a beer and grab, I actually grabbed my wife a shirt for her birthday. And, uh, I was like, oh, they have a burger truck. You got a burger with a pineapple on it. I think I want to try that. Like, so the next thing you know, it's like, shit, I just wasted an hour here eating a burger and drinking two beers. I got to get home. But, um, yeah, coming back down home that way and everything, it is a, it's a venture to get up there. I mean, it's, it's far away, but it's still, like you said, it's an awesome place to go. And I, I'm with you. Like, I definitely would like to go back to that. Um, you know, come the end of October, once the temps are, I mean, my water was 66 degrees whenever I launched on Saturday morning, I did not have enough clothes. I can tell you that. Cause I froze my ass off until like 11 o'clock. I actually took out my, uh, my sun protecting gloves and just put them on. So I had another layer between my skin and the air because I was so cold, <laughs> but I was prepping in the morning. I got into my clothes bag. I put on a second hoodie. I did. I had two hoodies on all day. Yeah. Yeah, I finally I ended up taking mine off. Uh, I mean, it was late. I may have actually been on my way back to the ramp whenever I took my hoodie off. I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm I'm fine. Um, but yeah, I all in all, it was a it was an awesome place to go and have a, the championship at. Um, I would like to go back and hopefully try to do better at it if I was able to fish it again. Um I wish I would have probably hooked into what I assume was a very good musky um, and some shallow water. And I think, Ryan, I sent you the video of me almost getting tossed out of my kayak, right? No. Oh, I didn't send you that? I thought I sent no. it to you and Ben. Oh, Christ. So I'm running in like three feet of water. And, almost did it again. Uh, so <laughs> I'm running real shallow. And I'm comfortable like two feet and above with my AP. Like I usually don't have to worry because I still have enough clearance there. So I'm throwing and on the one shoreline, you can see where like, it's where the Creek, the channel like starts. Like it's, it's there. You can tell like it's cut down in and everything. And I'm throwing a chatterbait and I get it stuck on something and I'm like, ah, shit. So I start going up along and trying to get up above it to pop it loose looking to see like where it's at really my line is i'm going along all of a sudden just stop flew forward because i'm always standing whenever i'm fishing almost like dump my ass out of my kayak it literally went to like 0.8 feet of water i was like oh shit like my drive knocked loose like it was yeah i almost rolled right out of my goddamn kayak it, it was it was kind of comical <laughs> actually um but yeah it was it was fun. I, I did have a good time up there. I would like to go back. Um, like Chad and I were talking, I feel like it sets up very similar to KPD. I, it's almost like, I don't know, Chad, what's your opinion on it? Where do I want to go back whenever it is 
higher and a lot of that stuff is underwater so there is some structure to fish or go back whenever it's colder and those fish are starting to move up even though the depth might be lower like i i don't know what it would be well like you said there's no cell phone service so having a tournament up there with 30 to 50 anglers it would be tough for the simple fact that you may never know for the longest time where you stand or like throughout the day, I, I nobody knew where they stood because no, not there at was all. literally no fish turned in. I like it when it's down because my personal opinion is it, it's like fishing and they have less, less room. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. You know, the, the fish are there. There's tons of fish in that lake. Now, if they have a hundred different spots to hide, well, you got a hundred different spots to try. When it's down like this, you're taking over fifty percent of those spots away because they're literally out of water now. So, okay. in order to target them, it, I think it will be a lot easier when it's shallower because they have less less places to be. Yeah, I get that. Um, but it, for a fall feed, I I was questioning. We all fish the same lake on the same day, so to me, that's competition. Yep. I'm fishing it. You're fishing it. Whoever was up there, we all fished the same lake on the same day. And it is what it is. You know, we don't pick the exact weather conditions. We don't pick the lake level. We just pick the dates and where we're all going to fish. May yep. the best man win or woman. So, yeah, I, I was okay with it. Even going up there and having a bad scout day. It's like you said, it's, it's beautiful up there. Yeah. And yeah, there is fish in that lake. You just got to find them. And I, I'm sure out of my comfort zone, fishing 60, 70, 80 feet of water. But I know people do it. Um, I, I know people draw blade bait straight off the side of their boats or kayaks, or they'll take a lipless crankbait in 70 feet of water and drop it down in there and just jig it up and down. I, I don't do that. I've never done that. But in order to do that, you have to find the schools of fish. And chances are, you know, there's, there's 50 down there, 16 inches or bigger. Oh, easily. Yeah. You yeah, know who I'd sure. like to see fish that is Dave Lefebvre. I'd love to see him fish the reservoir. I would I would be shocked if he hasn't. Yeah. I, I would be too. I Because just the way he fishes up in Erie, I, I, I have never seen a post or anything of him fishing up there, but I just feel like that's his fucking wheel horse right there. Like... That's in his, that's in his, that's his comfort zone. And I'm sure people that live up there and fish that more, more frequently um, would know that lake a little better. I, I tried to pick out on a map, an area that held a little bit of everything that I like to fish. And I would check those areas. Yeah. You know, flats, shallows, um, coves. And and that's what I went and did. I that's kind of. area. That's why I didn't want to go main lake. There was there was another one um, right out of the finger that I was in, which I could not get to the end. It was so long. But over by the marina, I saw some shallow flats and some grass flats and some man-made structure and things like that. That was my second spot, but I never made it there. Yeah, I that was kind of how I was too. Like I picked Willow because it in my mind whenever i looked at the map i was like okay i like how this potentially lays out there is a a creek in the back side of it and everything i'm sure i'll probably be able to find some shallows um and then my other thought was too is 
I think that's the furthest launch before you get into New York on that shoreline. So I was like, yeah, I'm, pro- I'm probably going to be really far away from everyone, which is either going to be a good thing or a bad thing that I'm either going to just totally hose myself and no one is fishing there for a reason or that I'm going to get into an area and I'm going to be by myself and I might get into some fish and have the entire place to myself to just pick and choose what I want to do that day, which I was able to pick and choose what I did that day. I just couldn't find, you know, the fish. I maybe I did honestly, at one point I kind of had to like stop myself from fishing in the grass because I, I was probably just going to keep catching pike and as much fun as I was having doing it because I just like to catch fish. I don't even care if it's, you know, buy fish, but like I just, like catching fish i mean i like hooking fish and that's why i do it but it was like okay this is tournament like you need to go find bass so you know is what it is i uh you know we're uh we're gonna move on to the two day and hopefully we'll see how uh see how it goes there and you know all three of us are qualified ryan did it on the susky which uh we're gonna talk about that one now so we had and you know uh, Chad made a comment about a lipless, and we're going to talk about that too because that was a little bit of intel I had for the uh, for the Susky. So we had the Susky event back on uh, what was that, Ryan? September third, um, and that was another intimidating body of water. Uh, it was another moving body of water that based off of recency bias the last time i was on a moving body of water i ended up swimming and so (laughs) i you know did not want that to happen again um i talked to tyler rupert tyler flipped last year on that river so there definitely was a an intimidation factor not just because of how big that place is which Ryan talked to me about it and kept saying, like, I told him a float that I was going to do. And he was like, you need to cut that in half, if not more, um, just because of how big that river is. And you get up there and Anthony uh, rode up with me after we uh, made a little stop in Lewistown to do a uh, truck bed spinnerbait deal. Um with a guy up there that made some custom spinner baits. We got up to the river and it was just like, holy shit, this place is huge. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Almost doesn't even look real. No. And it was unfortunately, uh, it was dirty. It was running high and, that is something that I'm not super comfortable with uh, just for one perspective of, I just don't like fishing that type of water. Uh, the other perspective is I don't like not being able to see, especially on a body of water that I am not used to. And, es- and especially after dumping my ass in the Kiski. Um, when the water's, what was it at? I think it was like right around five feet or something. Yeah, no, it was a little bit under that. Yeah, it was a little bit under because it, it was rolling to like twenty four thousand, I think. And yeah, and that's the wild part about it is it like any river out here in Western PA. I, there's a lot of rivers, a lot of places in the United States that when they're running at four feet, they're probably around like eighteen hundred, and the Susquehanna flows at like. 
normal was like 14,000 and it's, it's insane. Yeah. And so we got up there, uh, decision was made. Um, I fished with Ryan, Phil and Anthony, Anthony and I got up there early on, not early, but earlier on Saturday, like late afternoon. And we, we got up there to launch, uh, where we were planning on taking out on Sunday. And unfortunately about an hour into our fishing escapade, he called me and he was like, Hey man, I got a problem. It's like, what's up, buddy? My drive broke. It's like, what do you mean your drive broke? He was like, my, my prop completely fell out of my drive. I was like, hold on, wait, what? I thought like maybe he lost his drive, but no, his prop literally fell out of the bottom of his PDL drive. So yeah. luckily we were able to get him back into the shore and uh, him and I started doing a little bit of recon. We ended up going further up the river than what we planned on. And uh, that kind of prompted us to make a little bit of a change to what our float was going to be for Sunday. Cause we thought we may have found a little bit cleaner water. Unfortunately we didn't. And that was just another really tough day of fishing. Um, you know, we don't have Matt on here to talk about his stuff, but Matt was up there three days or two days ahead of the tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Just sleeping out in the woods. Yeah. Just doing his, you know, wilderness adventure stuff, getting his badges and everything. And yeah. And, uh, Dude put up 92 inches in a fucking hour on Thursday night, Thursday evening. Like insanity. And Ryan yeah. sent it like he sent the pictures to uh Ryan. Ryan sending them to like the group text that we had between the four of us. And it was just like holy shit. And Chad, <laughs> like you were saying about the uh uh how'd you say at the beginning where like you overthink things and i think for me what happened on the river for the susquehanna was that i see what matt is catching two days prior to us being out there i follow a number of other people on social media that are catching monster smallmouth after monster smallmouth in that river and i am jacked up it's like all right here we go like going to one of if not one the best smallmouth fishery in the united states in terms of moving water and i'm gonna go up and i'm gonna slay fish all day this is gonna be awesome like cannot wait for this and i think i just overhyped myself to think that it was gonna be you know, not every cast, but it was going to be like, you know, I'm going to have a limit in the first hour. And then after that, it's just going to be trying to call fish out. And it was not that way at all. Um, my first fish on the Susquehanna was an eight and a half inch smallmouth that I caught on a Ned rig. Um, and then I caught two more after that. One of them was literally right where our takeout was. Um, I think I put four fish up on the day. And yeah, I know we kind of, the four of us ended up splitting up. Phil got stuck in a Creek. Anthony was uh, doing his thing, just kind of running uh, as much as he could without having to drive. Ryan and I kind of 
somewhat, I guess, were within the same pace of each other because it wasn't too long that I caught up with you and we basically finished at the same time, which based off of our first experience floating a, a creek together, I did pretty well since, you yes. know, French, tiny ass little French Creek, I was like two miles <laughs> behind them, which, <laughs> you know, is what it is. But uh, yeah, that I don't Chad, have you fished it? I'm assuming you probably have. I qualified for a team event last year and the Susquehanna is very humbling. You see all these people go out there and like 20 inch smallmouths all day long, 19, yep. Yep. five pounds smallmouth left and right. I went out there. I get one fish for the day. I think I caught three fish total. My biggest was 14 and a half. Yeah. Now, I lost a couple big ones on a Ned rig, but you can actually float that river with someone else be on opposite sides of the river even all day long and never see each other. It, yep, it's yep. so, you, you you can tell somebody, oh, look, when you go out to the Susquehanna, it's a football field plus wide. It's a half a mile. It's a mile wide at place. Until you go there and fish that river, yep. you, you you can't tell somebody what it's like and then yep. actually imagine it. Okay, oh, okay, I got it. And they get out there and it's like, oh, my God. And those That's fish are everywhere. When you say world-class smallmouth fishery, I cannot wait to get back to the Susquehanna. Yeah. It's it's incredible. My first trip out there was with Phil a couple years ago. I think it was for the PA bass. I think the, the inaugural year of PA bass kayak series, they had their championship out there and we went out there and we came in off of 322 right in Dauphin and when you come down through there and you just see it and it's like, holy fucking shit. Like, is this real life? It's a lake. Yeah, like it's a move. It's a moving lake is what it is. Like, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's wild. It's wild. And then like, there's like Randy long. I don't know if either of you follow him on Instagram, but Randy long has boated, I think over 20 or over 50, 20 plus inch smallmouth out there this year. And, like when you, like Chad's saying, like you, we're all friends with a bunch of people that fish out there and we see what they're catching. And it's every time I've gone, I, I actually did decent this time, but like every time I go, it's like, where in the fuck are those fish at? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. What the fuck? You yeah. know, they host that native no limit power hour out there. And you see the fish that come in and everything like that. It, it's just amazing. And it, it can be, once you get there, it's still intimidating because then you find out, okay, there's inflatable dams on that river. There's these low head dams that you have to watch out for. And Ledges. all of a sudden, you know, you could be in 12 feet of water. And next thing you know, you're in two feet of water. You didn't see it coming or, or whatever. It's just, it, it can be very, very intimidating. And if you go out there, be careful. Know where you're going or go with somebody because this stuff comes out of nowhere. I was nervous about the low head dams, the inflatable dams. Was this dam deflated for the season yet? And everything like that. But man, there's big fish in that body, body of water. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the scariest thing that I encountered each and every time I went out there is I've picked and choose. I like clear water like Greg, but I've picked and choose just based off Intel and like trying to get into the bigger fish with a blade bait on the muddy side. 
Um, one thing I noticed is that like those ledges, if the water's just right or wrong and the water's muddy, you won't see a ledge system. And many times, luckily, you know, I'd like, I'd like to think that all of us have our bearings on a kayak, but it's just not the case because unexpected hitting a rock is going to throw anybody off. But luckily it's not been in a position where I was thrown too far off kilter and I have never gone in there, but I surely have come very close to spill in there. And, uh, Dauphin, I think it's the, I think it's called the Susquehanna water gaps or something down in Dauphin by the statue. It's, the wildest water I've ever seen in my life. It was pretty low at the time. I think it was like three, three point one or something like that, or three point two. And water, so it's like where I was fishing was like a half mile wide, and the ledges in Dauphin, that river has actually worn an entire mountain range down. So on the east side of the river, there is a mountain peak that's hundreds of yards up in the sky. And then on the west side of the river, there's exactly the same, a mountain peak that's hundreds of yards high. And then in the middle of the river, you have these, like the core of the mountain sticking straight up out of the water. And the water inside of those ledges crisscrosses back and forth a half mile over and over and over again. So you could go through one system and the water instantly is rushing all the way across the river. And then you go down through again. And as soon as you go down through another ledge, it shoots you all the way back over. It's probably the scariest thing I've ever done on a kayak. Yeah. There was uh, like that first bigger set of ledges that we came to um, down from the, what was it? The Maha Tango launches where we took, went out of. Um, yeah the the very first like big big set that basically ran like you know two-thirds of the way across that it's super visible to know that you were coming up on them um what i wasn't you know you don't expect it is that you get down through the current and you try to like you know i want to spin and i want to get back up in there because i want to fish the backside of those ledges where the you know all the oxygen's coming across and all that stuff and where i would expect fish to be and feeding and you start paddling up to it and all of a sudden you're like the whole way up against the ledge because that stuff just sucks you back up into it where like yep. I had to backpedal out of a couple places because I was like all of a sudden I'm 20 feet further up into it than what I wanted to. And I was like, I just, you know, in that water, probably not because it was dirty and everything. But I was like, I would just blown this whole spot out of here because all of a sudden you're just going back up the river because of the the natural flow around those ledges and everything. Uh, but yeah, it was like Chad said, you could very easily be on two opposite sides of the river and never even see someone, um, if you were doing a float with them, which kind of is what happened with us. I mean, you jumped out and took off. I was kind of behind you. Anthony was running the other side. Phil was somewhere there as well. And it was, you know, just everyone was cruising along doing their thing. Uh, we've talked about chatterbaits that's what i caught my fish on i had intel um this guy jt from sick customs it's a spinnerbait um custom maker out that way from lewistown um i ordered from some some stuff from him based off of uh 
a buddy of mine from the cigar shop I go to, his son jet boat fishes out there all the time, lives out there. I talked with him. He was like, where you guys are going to be at. I don't go up there very often, but you know, this is where a lot of guys do well at JT was telling me like they were having luck with lipless cranks that week um, on the eddies and like the backside of the ledges and everything. And I tried to fish that stuff and I never got a bite. So what did I do? I went to something I felt comfortable with. I didn't catch a lot of fish, but I caught fish on chatterbait in that water because that's what I fish. And that's what I caught fish on. And that's funny. You and, And talking to these guys, I did find out, okay, there are islands literally everywhere out there. And when I say islands, I don't just mean a small, you know, 30 foot section of grass. These things could be a couple hundred yards long. They're 50 to a hundred feet wide. If you find them on the tips of islands, they're all on the tips of islands. If they're on the backside of the islands, they're all on the backside. It, it was weird the way it fished out there after talking to people. If on those ledges that you're talking about out in the middle, if they're above them, they're above all of them. It, it's just weird. And those, I, I would guess whether it's weather, climate, clarity, time of year, where the bait fish are holding or whatever. But I've been told, if you find them in a certain spot, that's, that's where you fish the whole time. At, yeah. I, yeah. I had a kid that, um, I met last year up in Erie, still had fishing and, um, him and I were talking, uh, we were messaging back and forth like that week. And I think he said him and his buddy went out, um, a day like a couple weeks prior to our event and the water was lower and clearer at that point he said they got into a ledge area and he said between the two of them they boated almost 100 to fish like they stayed on the front side of a ledge that's where all the all the fish were holding and they just kept catching fish after fish the jt that spinnerbait guy um his buddy is a guide they fished on it was like a monday and tuesday between him and a buddy and between his buddy that guides and the clients that he had, they put in 11 hours total of fishing, they put 180 fish in the boat. And, um, you know, these good fish, like he wasn't like every one of them was a 20. He's like, you know, we caught some good ones here and there. But like you hear that and you're just like, oh, man, here we go. Going to catch all these fish. <laughs> and then like you get out there and you're like, where where the fuck are these things? Like they're they're here, but I, I couldn't find them. Yep. Yeah, I just could not get into them. Um, Matt yep. Rand- that was Matt the Randolph. That was the same way when I got a year ago. Yep. Matt Randolph ended up being the winner, which that kid absolutely crushed all the moving water events this year. Um, the only bad one he had was the Clarion, but he won twice or Ryan, was it twice that he won or he was the championship number two, but he finished like top three X amount of times. Yeah. So he won the, he won French, won the championship, got second place, got third place. I mean, he just wrecked the rivers this year. Yeah, absolutely wrecked the rivers, and and that group of guys just destroyed it this year. I mean, they like I I wasn't sure who all was going to fish it. Mike actually reached out to me first because um, of a Shegan brand, 
and he was he like him and I kind of became acquaintances a couple years back because of BP and Matt because Mike's actually Mike's name is neighbor Mike he's BP's next door neighbor and I met him doing that and then he saw me on a Sheegan and then like just getting to meet all them guys and like I didn't know that there was going to be such a large group of them coming and fishing every single one of these events and it was really neat and in like every event they just all those guys were always up there like always up there seven of them I think and all of them have fished well at every tournament and it's absolutely impressive to see that because of all of them, I think Matt is the only one that really has gone out and about and traveled and fished and gone all these different places and experienced different waters and stuff. Like a couple of them only ever really fished the yawk and a couple other a couple other places. I know yearly they do like a Susquehannock bro trip where they'll go and do like that island camping thing for like a four day weekend or something. But um, yeah, no, it was absolutely impressive to see what those guys did this year. And, and realistically, I'm kind of anxious to see how this two day championship plays out because Matt Randolph has some serious big fish history on Lake Wilhelm. And we obviously know he can fish a river so I'm kind of kind of curious to see what what happens at this two day. It's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome awesome time. Yeah. So to you know that goes back to the original thing I said when I got on here. That championship of champions is it, barring conditions. If everything is good, the first week in October, the fall feed's gonna be on in rivers and lakes. Yep. You're going to need 170 to break the top three in two days. So that's going to be almost 85 inches each day plus heavy hitters in there. Some big names, guys that, okay, he won the River Series. Listen, I fished against Matthew Randolph many a times. The, he's another guy that can just flat out, he can catch fish on a river and a lake. Uh, Wilhelm is known for monster largemouth. Yep. He caught like a 24 or some shit up there in in that KA tournament. I think it was yeah. a two-day, it was a two-day thing for KA. When I first started getting into kayak fishing tournaments, he freaking just hammered them on Lake Wilhelm. There's big names in there and they can all fish. Um, whether they decided not to fish the lake series and do the river series or did a little bit of both or whatever, any one of those 20 people that go up there can win on a river or a lake. I, it's, yeah. I'll read. I, I'll, I know I'll, they divided into two series, but me, I fish rivers and lakes. I, I like to think I'm okay on both. Um, Ryan says he hates lakes, yet he went I out did. to Yellow Creek and beat all of us on a lake where yep. I don't know that I caught a fish that day. I and didn't have he, a bite that died, day. Right? Yeah. You know, so I, I, I don't. I said this to Greg. I said this to Greg. I I I don't like lakes. That doesn't mean I can't fish them. I I am not a fan. It's boring to me. I like the change of scenery. I like the flowing water. I like 
the wildlife you like to throw is throw a whopper plopper and pitch the shoreline, don't you? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna read the river top ten real quick. I did the lake top ten. I'll read the river championship top ten, and then we'll get all the names that are gonna be in the championship of champions. Uh, Matt Randolph, Adam Dobbin Speck, and there's some big effing names in this list that you didn't hear on the lake championship. Matt Randolph, Adam Dobbin Speck, Nate Hall, Mike Hart, Chris Rodman, me, Ben. Dan Darrington, Sean Livingston, and Old Ron. Yeah, I can't pronounce his last name. So, yeah, Kalchik. Yeah, Old Ron. <laughs> you know, uh, I've fished tournaments with a lot of these guys when there's 50 people out there, and a lot of those names are always in the top five, top ten, if not <laughs> winning it. So, yeah. like I said, man, this this is really going to challenge each and every one of us to win think, this tournament. Yeah. I think yeah. what's and what has been my draw to the tournament fishing is that <clears throat> I I understand that there is a very, very large part of this is skill and knowing how to read conditions and how to catch fish. There is also a very large element of luck that comes into it that, you know, you happen to stop in that one spot that you throw a wacky rig through or I rip a chatterbait through and all of a sudden you're hooked into a 21 inch fish and like that's that's all it takes and it's not a matter of like Ryan can do that better than I can or Chad can do it better than Nate or I can do it better than Ben like it doesn't matter and I think that's what is the bigger draw that I've had to the competition side of this is that, that if any given day someone can go out there and I don't want to say luck into like a few good fish, but like hit the right spot at the right time and put a bag together. That's it. That's what happened at Lake Arthur. I can't remember the dude's name, but me and him launched at the same launch. Yeah. Joe Joe. Patterson. Yep. Yeah. He absolutely fucking wrecked him, And I, fished that twice during the month-long thing and destroy like that's what made me launch there because the fish there are just crazed i caught a lot of nice sized fish i went out there the same the same conditions like chad was saying same conditions same you know everything's the same i went out there and i didn't get a bite and he's out there just fucking wrecking them it's, put up it, 90 some inches of fish out there yeah and, and, and any day can be your day that's what i tell my wife all the time i'm like i don't know this was before this year i actually had a by far my best year of fishing i've ever had in my life and prior to this year my wife said i don't know why you go fish these i don't know why you go fish these because i fucking suck at fishing (laughs) and uh i'm like babe you you never know unless you go like i'm not gonna do a jack shit if i'm not there yeah. If I don't I, go and fish it, I'm of course I'm not gonna do shit. Yeah. I mean it it goes along the same lines of like the hunting aspect of you know, you don't shoot them from the couch. Like you're not gonna know that you know you could go out and sit in your stand that night and that hundred and forty inch buck walks by that you didn't know was in your neck of the woods and everything. Same as going out and like, okay, I'm gonna flip this tree stump here, and all of a sudden I'm into a six pound largemouth and Wilhelm, like 
you, you just don't know. And that's, that's what is the fun about it in my mind is, you know, I've gotten to meet a lot of really awesome people this year. Uh, as Ryan is saying, my wife did kind of give me some grief as well. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you could fish all these, like you did this year. This is a lot of commitment, like, you know, couple hours beforehand to get ready couple hours after you get home to get unpacked like the gone for the day stuff um you know i have a one-year-old and a almost five-year-old at home so it makes things a little bit more difficult but it that's the fun of it to me and you know i'm only in year number uh basically this is my third year kayak fishing um my third year bass fishing i've never really been a, a bass angler at all i've always been trout and steelhead have been my jam um, and I have definitely fallen in love with this and the competition side has made it even that much better for, in my mind, because I do like that competition aspect and it has pushed me to learn stuff that I don't typically do and to challenge me. And it has made me a better angler. Like I am always like, you know, not that I'm trying to like, you know, get every single detail out of you, Chad, of how you caught a fish and everything, but listening to, um, Mike and those guys talk about the clarion event. Like, yeah, we're just basically rolling chatter baits on the bottom. And that's where we're getting our bites. I would never have fished a chatter bait like that. To me, a chatter bait, something that I fish fast and I rip it through and I cover water. And those guys were, like you said, fishing them like a jig. And I would have never even thought to do that. So it's like, okay, put that in the back of my mind for the Allegheny. Like maybe that's the bite I'm going to have is slow rolling a chatter bait somewhere and that sort of stuff. So uh, it, it definitely has been, been awesome this year. You know, I've had one top five finish and that was out at, uh, Lake Arthur in that event. And I somehow, some way snuck into this, uh, two day event, but it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I do like the fact that we're doing the river on day one and then the lake on day two, cause it's a lot of work to, to change out and do all that stuff, especially for me, since I run two different kayaks. Um, but I think it'll be, it shouldn't end up being a really good time. And, uh, I'm just hoping that I don't go up to Wilhelm and see 17 people in the stumps. That's all. So I, you know, since they, of it, Greg, and you're locked with a kayak, you, you might want to stay out of the stumps. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. End up catching one of those things and dump my uh, ass in the water. Up there? What's that? Did you ever get scuppered? Uh, I got scuppered no. once up there. It's I had scary. to crawl. I had to crawl out of my kayak into Joe Bakku's kayak and then pull my kayak off of the tree limb I was stuck on and get back in my kayak. That it was ridiculous. Scary. No, I've I fished up there two or three times now since having the AP and I actually haven't went over into the stumps. It's always been in the summer and I fished on the other side of 79 and stayed a lot more like in the grass areas and that stuff. Um, Cause that's kind of what I, you know, certain part I like fishing that, uh, but sometimes grass is not really my best friend either. Well, I will uh, tell you, <clears throat> I will definitely be in the stumps on Lake Wilhelm for the two day tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was telling. I was telling Chad, I was telling Greg, you know, there's been a lot of kayak tournaments up on Wilhelm, but historically the propagation area has been closed off. You couldn't fish it since it's been open. That place is so full of people and 
they continually catch big fish up there. It's it's crazy that it just keeps producing. It's not that big. It, it, the, the propagation area is not that big. And I don't know it, what they it, propagated up there because, I mean, it's not like there was a fence and said, okay, no fish past this point. It just said no, no boats past this point. You know, the fish go where they want up there. Yep. And, you know, I, I fished with Adam up in those stumps in other organizations and stuff like that. The guy, him, Matthew Randolph, like, like I said, I've seen them guys fish that lake in different events and stuff like that. And they put up monster numbers. In order to uh, do anything in this tournament, you better have a limit and you better have a big limit both days. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's 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 going to take some numbers for sure. Uh, so since we're going to be a little bit since we didn't have Matt on everything, we're going to kind of start rolling towards wrapping stuff up here. I mean, covered as much as what we can, but Chad also has some more questions to answer before uh, we wrap things up here. So uh, additionally to our icebreaker question of the, why you suck at fishing. Um, we also have five questions at the end that anytime we have a new guest on, uh, we like to ask them, Nick and I started this, uh, little series of questions whenever we were doing everything together but he hasn't been fishing a lot either and uh i've only been fishing tournaments which he doesn't do so he uh just said you know go ahead and run with it and if you need any help editing let me know so my questions for chad number one whenever you're going to the lake what are you listening to on the radio sports talk radio 93.7 the fan oh my gosh <laughs> If I have service, if not, I'm hitting scan and whatever comes on clear because, well, there's no service. There's no radio stations up by the reservoir. Uh, just, it was terrible this past weekend. Is that the only thing you listen to? I'm talking in general. Do you always listen to the fan everywhere you go? Pretty much uh, in the girlfriend's ride, we have uh, Hair Nation on. Okay. Doesn't matter what time of the day it is. What's your sheets order? Death dogs, two hot dogs, <laughs> ketchup, <laughs> must, ketchup, mustard, onion, boom, boom, sauce, sauerkraut, bacon, and cheddar cheese. Oh, boy. Your, your toilet afterwards is just screaming. <laughs> it's not my toilet that's screaming afterwards. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tree at the boat ramp. <laughs> yeah. I've done that many a times. I carry a <laughs> with me everywhere I go. Yep. I like my coffee. <laughs> Ryan is the fastest pooper I've ever seen, by the way. <laughs> I think it's happened at two of our, our river <laughs> events this year. He's been there. He's like, oh, man, I got to take a shit. And he's like, at the Kiski, he's like, oh, these leaves will work. It's like 30 seconds later, he comes back. I was like, wait, did you, was it just like a, did you just have poop? Or did you just like have a fart or something? He's like, oh, no, I just went back there and did my business. How fast do you shit? Like, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> uh if you could only take one rod and one lure and have infinity of that lure, what's your setup going to be and what are you fishing? A five-inch Yumdinger wacky. Yeah, boy. Oh, God, you just gave Ryan a chub. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite fishing professional? Uh, yeah, probably it's going to have to be Ott Defoe. I really like to watch him go hunt for monster bass. Uh, yep. Some of those are really good. And he, he, he goes into areas that uh, he puts that boat through a lot. And it's a lot of areas that uh, you would 
put a kayak into and stuff like that. And he's coming out with five to 10 pound large mouth. Yep. It's awesome watching him run that thing way up in them creeks, man. Right. Nice. And the last question, do you have a dream fishing vacation or a dream fish to go catch? I uh, went after it once and didn't get it. Uh, Okeechobee and uh, peacock bass. Okay. Those things, uh, I sent Ryan and Ben a couple uh, like reels on Instagram or posts on, uh, on Facebook. There's some dude that fishes for those. And I just love the like just ripping that top water across there. And it's just like, whoosh, whoosh. And all of a sudden you just see like from 40 feet away, this wake just come and just explode on it. It's like, all right, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. So yep. yeah, that would be uh that would definitely be a good one, but we are going to wrap things up with that. Uh, and this will probably be the last episode until we have the the two-day event. I thought about possibly doing a primer and having a bunch of people on that are going to be fishing it. Um, but I just think based off of schedules, it's going to be a little bit difficult. So, yeah, I think that's going to be it. We've got Championship of Champions coming up in, what, three, two and a half weeks, roughly? Yep. Yeah. I do. I'm uh, just real quick. I'm so primed for fishing. So I have Saturday, Sunday, we're doing that. Uh, I go back to work and work half a day on Monday. And then Tuesday morning, I'm leaving at like 4 a.m. to go up to Oak Orchard in New York to go up and chase King Salmon with the fly rod for four days. So nice. Yeah. Well, my company keeps closing the doors down every other week. So there's a good possibility that I'm on the middle Allegheny and uh, Lake Wilhelm three or four times over the next two to three weeks. Uh, Chad's going to go up and soil up every big, large mouth he can find. Yep. (laughs) But all right, Chad, thank you very much for jumping on Ryan. Thank you, Greg. Absolutely. Ryan, pleasure as always. And uh, with that, yep. Bastards are out. Yes, sir. All right. Later.